0: Here we go. Welcome to the ninth episode of the Hardline Sports Talk. I'm Michael Merlow. Alongside me, I have John Michael Massiri. This is the first time we are doing this. The second podcast of the week. The second time we're recording. Very, very excited. There's a lot to get to I'm on a random night in May. But there's a lot of things to get to. JM, how are you doing?
1: Good. It's Thursday and we're recording. This is a little wacky, but It, uh... it kinda
0: it feels really weird, like being here. I just like I have feelings on the days, you know, like my body. I don't know what it is. It's yeah, weird. Like I, th- yeah. I could feel you, you set your, your
1: body clock, but um, I'm really happy we're doing this because there's a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about from after we recorded on Monday and luckily now we're able to do it. And a
0: lot of big things happened, including a no hitter from Yankee starting pitcher Corey Kluber Wednesday night against the Texas Rangers. Your thoughts on that. Let's start there.
1: You know, after Spencer Turnbull threw the no-hitter the night four, which now, you know, it's like a dime a dozen to throw a no-hitter. But after he threw the no-hitter, I was like, you know, for as I was like, is, it's crazy to me how successful the Yankees are as a franchise. And I've seen them win so much since I've been around, but I've never seen them throw a no-hitter. And like, I don't know, I just find it crazy because all these teams are throwing no-hitters. The Mets have had a no-hitter since then. like In quotation marks, yeah, Mets have in had quotations. a no-hitter. Um and I was like, they never had a no hitter. And then what do you know, that night I was I was at the gym with my brother. It was the fifth inning and I was like, Kluber's got no hits through five right now. He's like, Really? I was like, Yeah, and he only has like fifty something pitches. And he ended
0: like, he ended the game with hundred and one. He was very uh he was very efficient. He was. He was.
1: There were a couple scary hits there at the end. Nothing super hard hit, but you never know where infielders are now with the shift. Yeah. So that uh I think it was the first batter of the ninth inning. Hit a ball, like, pretty much up the middle, a little to the right side of the second base yep. bag. But LeMahieu was shifting because it was a righty, so he was shifted more towards the middle of the infield. And he was right there and made a nice play. And that then,
0: second out was sketchy.
1: Oh, the Tyler Wade uh, ball on right? Yeah, I
0: thought that ball was getting down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where he was he playing. Was, he was we throw,
1: were... That was a changeup by Kluber, and he kind of yanked it. And it was low... Little, kind of low middle of the plate, maybe a little in. And it was like at David Dahl's shins, but he just, you know, he like golfed it basically. Uppercut it to right field, and I knew Judge wasn't in right field, so I was like, oh crap. But then I was like, oh, it's Tyler Wade, who's a very fast player. So he was, uh my brother said this to me today. He's like, uh, good thing the Yankees didn't put Clint Frazier in, because if Clint Frazier was in right field, I don't know if he would have been able to get that ball, which... Might be a little bit of a stretch, because it's not like he had a, like, full sprint. Where and, like, was Judge last for? Um, I believe he was DHing, And they sat him today. Yes, they sat him today. And then they pinch hit him, and he had the, an RBS in.
0: Yeah, I saw that ball going to right field, and I, I kind of thought, I thought it was going to drop. Like, I thought it was going to be more toward the line where it didn't matter who was out there.
1: Right. But,
0: listen, good for, good for Corey Kluber. And
1: he's, it's so hilarious with him, like... First of all, that was like one of the first times I've ever seen him smile yesterday. He looks like he's a mean person. Um, he's just like one of the Lemayhews like that too, but not as much. Like Lemayhews like a robot too. Um, but yeah, he shows like no emotion. Like he was all happy. They were like drenching him with. And I'm sure in the clubhouse, he's yeah. you know you can crack jokes with him, and he's like a normal guy. But on the field, even in his press conference, Meredith Merokovitz was interviewing him. And she was like, "Oh, like tell me what you're feeling right now." He's like, "Yeah, it's just you know excitement." really i'm just really excited and happy right now and he had, like a straight face on and like it was so funny He's like, yeah i'm just really like a bill belichick almost i don't think
0: i've ever seen him like laugh or smile like i haven't paid a lot of attention to right him. so i saw the pictures from last night and you know the video i was watching it live and then i saw him today he was in the dugout and yes had the cameras pointed to him and he was yeah. talking to cole and a couple of the other starters and he was like laughing like living it up so yeah. i mean Maybe he's a little relaxed, yeah, you know? Yeah, there you go. He was the best pitcher in baseball for, let's just say, five years at one point. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean two I, times Cy Young. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy to I mean, say. I mean,
1: one of the best because, you know, you still had Kershaw and Verlander or, or, and Scherzer. All those right. guys were still doing very well during that but time. Still. But still. The best pitcher in the AL for sure, probably three years in a row.
0: And he and he was the best pitcher in in the AL. One of the best yeah. in the league. Never threw an iron. No. So that's, that's impressive. And that's obviously probably something that he, scratch, it's almost Scratch like, off his list. Yeah, scratch off his list, a weight off his shoulders yeah. if that
1: was something, you know. Maybe adds his. to his Hall of Fame resume a little bit. I, I was talking about this yesterday. I was like, is he a Hall of Famer? Because if you're a multiple Cy Young Award winner, you make a pretty good case. Right. The thing is, he just doesn't, he hasn't done it for long enough. We had this conversation. We yeah. were talking about
0: DeGrom. Yeah. And we brought up Kluber, too. brought up too.
1: Kluber because he kind of came on towards, you know, his late 20s. Right. And maybe his – but his career numbers are good. He's got like a low three ZRA. He's got that two-time Cy Young. Now he could add the no-hitter to his resume. So, who knows? He might end up there one day. What I, I don't – do you know what his war is? His war, let's find it. He which pitched pitcher, 11 years. Which pitcher war is a little more sketchy than hitter war. Total is 33. Okay. So usually, like, the the line is, like, 60. Right. So that's a little low, but awards and, you know, milestones like that can help you get over the hump.
0: I'd probably put him in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah? I kind of
0: I look at the Hall of Fame. I've, I've said this before. I look at it. If you're one of the best players in the sport, for f- especially at your position, for a nice amount of period of yeah. time, five years, five I think years, is good I enough. I think it's like a solid number, yeah. I think and he, he checks that go. box. Yeah, and he has this to his resume now. And, I mean, I wasn't a believer in him when the Yankees signed him. I was kind of, I didn't love the move. I didn't know how much he had left in the tank. He hasn't pitched a lot. He's dealt with injury. Right. But, I mean, if he can pitch like this with the Yankees, add a couple his, yeah. couple of years here, or his, whatever, if he goes to the team next year, I mean, yeah, he's going to make a really strong I mean, case. He,
1: he dipped velocity a little bit. This year, because of just his age and injuries and everything like that, but he was never that like overpowering pitcher. He was great control and nasty breaking pitches, which is what he still is. He's he's famous for that slur. He calls it the what does he call it the the clue, the clue. All right, so he throws. They don't know if it's a slider or a curveball. So usually it'd be a slur, but that they that call pitch? it like, oh the clue ball. That's what
0: they call it, the clue ball. Is that that pitch I saw last night? If it was a lefty, it would literally... It was—it almost looked like a curveball, but it didn't have the massive drop at last. Yeah,
1: it's like a slur.
0: Yeah. It's got, okay. like, the
1: lateral movement of was a slider was and the vertical movement of a curveball. It's literally... It's its nasty. It was really and nasty. And he, he's always had that, and he's always had that sinker. That, like, bowling ball sinker. Which... I mean, he had all that last night, obviously.
0: In twenty fifteen, he had a dude Grom type year. He went nine and sixteen with a three four nine ERA and he came in ninth in AL Cy Young yeah. award,
1: award. Well, because I am sure he had a bunch of strikeouts or how many innings did he throw that year? Two hundred
0: and twenty two. Yeah, he had two hundred and forty five strikeouts. Yeah, yeah. so That's obviously wins don't mean anything. Yeah, and we know what that. year was that? That was twenty fifteen. Okay, and then he had won the Cy Young a year before with eighteen wins, and then he won it again two years later. But yeah. I mean, to touch on the Yankees here, they've had the pitching. Herman today was great. Yeah. You know, you have Cole. You know what you're getting from Cole. Your shirt there, Cole World. Mm-hmm. Nice. And obviously, Kluber's been great with a 286 ERA so far. Y'all, question y'all marks. I like what
1: you're
0: seeing. Question marks with Tyon and Montgomery. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know what you're getting, but the pitching has been phenomenal. Right. And if I told you at the beginning of the year that this team would have to maybe add an outfielder. And I'd not a pitcher, you're yeah. you'd say I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. I I can't I can't believe like what's happening. I was having this conversation with somebody before, and they said the same thing. Like you'd yeah. be crazy to say this team needed another bat in this lineup. They're twentieth in the league in runs scored, <sighs> and they're fifth in the ERA. Yeah, I would have told you you were crazy yeah. because we we spoke about it in early April. You were like, yeah, they're gonna have to add another pitcher.
1: But not even in terms of the pitcher versus hitter part. If you if you just take away that, if you told me what offensive position do you think the Yankees will, if they do have to look for it, will have to look for it at the deadline? And I would have told you like, maybe catcher, maybe shortstop, you know, Glaber's defense isn't holding up, maybe, you know, third base, if if Gio whatever, had, had a down year, or something like that. Outfield, though. That been like, would have been like, you know, we got Hicks, we got Judge, we got, Stan can play outfield, Clint Frazier, you know. Had, Mike Talkman How do you traded feel away. about
0: that Talkman? I want to get to that Like how, It happened a while ago But how do you feel about that Even though And this is my reasoning For why I hate it Wadi Peralta right, Is the guy they got The lefty yeah. from the Giants See, I think he's had a nice year so far Since they got him yeah. But in reality If you're in a tough spot Late in the season In the postseason Who are you going to Late in a game You can name four guys yeah. right now Before you name his name Oh easily You need depth you need guys like Talkman who are good defensively, speedy, a left-handed bat, which you do not have. Yeah, it made no sense. I, to I didn't him.
1: understand the trade, to be honest with you. Um, he can do a lot of things off the bench, like you said, he's fast, he can steal bases, he's proven to be a solid hitter. In 2019, he actually had a really good year. Right. Um, last year, he had a shoulder injury, which was like their excuse for why he wasn't hitting for power as much. Uh, but I guess I don't know. I guess they said that we have too many. We have enough outfielders. We don't need him. Um, and now they do because we have Ryan Lamar's in the starting lineup.
0: But that was my problem
1: with bringing back Garner.
0: And Garner is whatever to me. I don't love him. I don't hate him. Yeah. But, and I get why they would want to bring him back because he's a, you know he's been here yeah. leadership. But at the same time, I thought he would be an issue taking time away from Fraser. Yeah. And Frazier hasn't hit, so now he's is playing for Frazier. But now he has to play because you have nobody. Because Hicks is hurt, and you have to play right. Frazier and guys like Wade in right. the outfield. And who'd you just say, Tomar?
1: Uh, Lam- Ryan Lamar. Lamar. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think Topman would obviously right now fit in great. Can he play center? Situation. He could play center. Yeah. Better in the corner. Uh, better in the corner, but he could play center. Yeah, the Gardner. The Gardner signing for me was a lot like D two years ago when he left. I was like, man, I love D so much. Like he's one of my favorite players. Like he's a, he was a fan favorite, great guy, right? Clutch player. But I was like, there's no room for this guy. Like it's just not worth it. We we, we should take our money. And that was the offseason we signed Cole. I was like, just put it towards some, something else. Like we don't we don't need him. Yeah. Um. Now nah, it was a little different with Gardner because he was not worth as much as D was. But kind of the same thing. Like, do we really need Gardner? No, we have Talkman, we have Clint Frazier. But I, it's Brett Gardner. Like, he's been around forever. He's a, he's a fun player. He's cheap. a good clubhouse guy. Yeah, and I was like, it'll be cheap, a one-year deal, whatever. So, listen, I don't think they're gonna you know kick themselves the Brett Gardner signing. It's not like it's gonna you know uh, hunker their finances. But. In terms of like you're not gonna you can't send down Brett Gardner, no. Um, so he does like take up that roster spot. I don't know. I think they should. I think they should have focused a little more, and they did it in the beginning of the season with the odor trade, but focused a little more on their offensive depth because I think they thought they were a, a deeper team than they actually were. Mm-hmm. Because Mike Ford should not be on their MLB roster right now. <laughs> Ryan Lamar shouldn't be, and I know it's due to injury, but still, that's that's what we talk about depth. He should not be on your team right now. Mike Talkman should not be playing for the Giants right now. So, that's like the first Cashman trade I've questioned in a while. Uh, It wasn't a big trade, obviously. But, yeah, the Peralta hasn't really, like you said, you're not going to use him in a high-leverage situation. So, is it really worth it getting a middle reliever? Especially when you have... You, and trading away a bench piece
0: like that? You have Britton coming back. He's a lefty. Yeah. It's not like you're in dire need yeah. of a left-handed. Justin player. Wilson is you a lefty. You have Justin Wilson. It's not like you're in dire need of a left-handed pitcher in the bullpen. Like some teams were like the Mets. But right, the Yankees go 7-3 and three on the 10-game road trip. They
1: beat... The Rays. Two out of three. They won every series. Two Two out out of three three from the Rays.
0: Two out of three from Baltimore. And three out of four from Texas. You said six and four.
1: I said six and four, and then I said optimistically seven and three. Right. I think I said five and five or something like that.
0: Seven and three, not bad at all. You would have signed up for that in the beginning. for sure. And like we said, offense offense is down around the whole league. And we're going to get to that right now, actually, because this was the sixth no-hitter thrown. Back-to-back days. Seven if you include Mad Bum's seven inning no hitter, right. which I don't know. I, if you, yeah. you gotta put an asterisk next to it. You have to say seven inning no hitter with an asterisk. Yes. And I don't think it should go on the list.
1: It should not be when you look at MLB no hitters and see the hundreds of no hitters that have been thrown, he should not be on the
0: list. Because it's not his fault Maybe
1: you could add a little section for seven inning no hitter. Seven inning no hitter. If you're gonna have this stupid yeah. rule. But how many times have we seen a guy take a no hitter into if if you know? The way you have to put logic to that, then every guy who had a uh, no hitter through seven innings deserves to have a no hitter, and then we'd have thousands of no hitters. Because yeah. how many times have we seen a guy lose it in the eighth, and the ninth, the ninth the two toughest, outs, the yeah. toughest innings? Yeah. And we're not. It's nice when you throw eighty-five guard. pitches and throw a no hitter, but what about when you throw you know, when you're at one ten, you know, something like that?
0: Do you know what the uh, Mariners' batting average is team-wise?
1: No, and do I want to know? Yeah, I want you to guess. It can't be in the ones. They can't it's one ninety nine. Oh my god! They're under the Mendoza line. They're as Under a the team. Mendoza
0: line as a team as of Tuesday night, the Rangers, Indians, and Mariners have gotten no hit twice this year. Yeah, it's so been six no hitters. They've got and they all got
1: no hit. And the Braves were the seven inning, but
0: that's we one. we're not counting yeah. that
1: here. Yeah.
0: I, I, that's shocking. That's brutal. That That's See, shocking. I
1: remember, that reminds me of, do you remember when Tim Lincecum threw two no-hitters and I think, a two-year, three-year span, and mm-hmm. he did both of them against the Padres, and that was when the Padres really? were, like, terrible. And it's, like, the same thing. It's, like, just beating up on these terrible teams. And, the, you know, the Rangers and the Mariners, before the season, we were making fun of them. This is no surprise that they're... Not hitting well. The Indians is a little bit of a surprise that they got hit no hit twice.
0: Yeah, because they're playing pretty well. They're a they're solid like Five team, games yeah. over Jose
1: Ramirez is having a very good year. He's got like 12 home runs, 11 home runs, something like that.
0: It's my MVP pick.
1: Yeah. He the, just needs to get his average up a little bit. He's batting he's like, like 240.
0: Two, oh, really? I thought it was like 270.
1: I think it's 260, actually. I looked this morning. He's got like a 930 OPS, and he's batting like 260.
0: I love no hitters. I, we haven't seen a perfect game in a while. I'd love to see a perfect I game thrown by I want to see a perfect game thrown by one of the elite guys yes like I, I want to agree. see DeGrom or Cole throw
1: one yeah
0: I don't want to see like Carlos Rond- Rondon throw one yeah. no offense to Carlos Rondon, right no. but I remember we were watching Joe Musgrove's no hitter and I was like wow we haven't seen a no hitter in a while yeah I mean we really haven't I'm right. like this is special like everybody's going crazy and it's like five no hitters late later I know. do you think this is bad for baseball at
1: all like I wouldn't read too much into it. I think it's just a coincidental thing. Uh, I know offense is down right now, so that makes it look worse. But I think, kind of, you have the correl- the correlation of offense being down and pitchers doing better. So maybe I'd say that adds one more no-hitter, just because. The- but I think it's also just on top of that coincidence that we've seen six no-hitters. I don't think you're going to see, you know, we're going to have uh, 20 no-hitters by the end of the season. That's okay. not that.
0: I, I really hope not because I want it to be like this yeah you want it to be special.
1: Thing. You know what doesn't get talked about enough? A twenty strikeout game is like a perfect game. Like when was the last time I saw a twenty strikeout game? Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. And what what about before that? I think it, it might be more. I think it's more rare than a perfect game. A twenty strikeout a perfect game. game. I know there's twenty one perfect games in MLB history. I know Roger Clemens has a, a, a twenty strikeout game. So what would you rather throw? Would you rather throw a perfect game or a twenty strikeout? Twenty game? strikeouts. I disagree
0: with you. I'll take the twenty strikeouts over the no hitter. I will. I'll take nothing over a perfect game. Really? I want to see a perfect game so badly. We. I, when's the last time? I want to look
1: it up now. The. Uh, the well, I know. Time. I know Philip Umber threw one. Dallas Braden threw one on Mother's Day. I think that's. Did Felix throw one? I think no. Felix, Felix was the last one. He threw a perfect game. Yeah, it was I, a perfect game.
0: I want to see when that was because we really haven't seen one in such a long time. And I'm th- when, when Musgrove threw the first no hitter, it was August 15th, 2012. It was yeah, it was Felix Hernandez against the Rays at Safeco Field. I I was like, wow, like a perfect game is really just so difficult. Yeah. Like everything's got to go right. Yeah. Like your your fielders obviously they have to be in the right position. It's just, thinking about it, like, really thinking about it, like, as I'm older, because I never really thought about it, because we haven't seen one, Yeah, uh, it almost seems like it's impossible now.
1: I know. Alright, just about the strikeouts, there have been five twenty strikeout games in LB history. Wow. who threw them? Roger Clemens had two, <laughs> one in 86 and one in 96. Kerry Wood, that's like the, the probably the most famous one. Yeah. Um... That's what comes to my mind. Well, besides the Scherzer one, that's what comes to my mind. Uh, 98, Randy Johnson in 2001, and Max Scherzer in 2016. Then you have, you know, there's a bunch of guys who threw 19, and the list goes on and on. Um, A guy who's on this list with a 19 strikeout game is Nolan Ryan. Going back to the no-hitters, you know, he only threw seven no-hitters in his career. How many perfect games? I don't I don't know if he ever had a perfect game. I don't think so
0: either. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. I don't think he ever did. Seven no hitters. Who who would you say right now, outside of the two guys, obviously, could do a tw- could throw a twenty strikeout game? Outside of Cole and Outside or Colin Shane Beaver. Shane Beaver can yeah. throw
1: a twenty strikeout that's game. That's who it is. That's yeah. the guy. Maybe th- Corbin Burns. Maybe Corbin Burns I know we don't like him, but maybe Trevor Bauer. He's a high strikeout yeah, guy. Yeah, he is. Um I mean, if he was still healthy and around, I would say Justin Verlander had a decent shot at it. Scherzer could do it again. Yeah, but I'd actually I'd say Shane Bieber has probably just as much of a chance as Cole and Degrom because he's his. If you look at his strikeouts number, that numbers they're like right there, maybe even better than that. Like he's he can put up a lot of strikeouts, dude. He really can.
0: Corbin Burns and like guys like Garrett Cole and Degrom, obviously, they don't walk a lot of guys, so yeah, that would be in their yeah. favor to do it. But anyway, so the Yankees rolling seven and three in their last ten on the road trip. Let's go to the other side of town, where it's basically just like a hospital. Yeah, I
1: mean, <laughs>
0: fourteen guys on the IL. And do you know Pete Alonso is banged up right now? Really? Yeah, he's got a wrist injury. They don't. They're going to make a decision tomorrow. They're calling Brandon Drury up from Syracuse. Brandon Drury, yeah. former Yankee. Yeah, Brandon Drury. Look at them. What are they
1: just recreating all these random Yankee scrubs? Yeah. Mabin. <laughs> Cameron Maben. Cameron Maben batted third in our lineup last year. Wow. Night. And he you went. Sure, it oh, wasn't uh, the Binghamton Mets game?
0: That's what I felt like it was. Mets, whatever they are. Khalil Lee is somebody we got in the. Um, that Remember that three team trade with Andrew Benatendi? Yes. And Frenchie Cordero? Oh, right. Cordero? You, guys, you guys were involved. We in got that, Lee. Right. Okay. And he became a top ten prospect in our farm system. Our farm system's not that great, right? But he's a great player. He's got a lot of tools. Yeah. Fast, good defense, and he's great defensively. Made a couple of great plays against Atlanta. Right. This dude can't hit. The, he has eight strikeouts in like three games. Oof. Three games. Yeah. And he's wow. great. Def- I mean, he, he jam, He's made great. You he's have like Juan Lagares. Yeah,
1: he like can't hit, but he's a fantastic. But like defensive on player. steroids.
0: Okay. Oh, because he's just not ready to face majorly right. like, hitting pitching. Excuse me. Right. He's just not ready. Yeah. So he's just lost. He? He's, I don't know. He's young. I, mean, I gotta, gotta look it up. If he's
1: a you know top ten prospect.
0: Yeah, they got him. He is twenty two. Yeah,
1: he's a young guy.
0: He made a play yesterday. I thought the ball was going over the wall. Freddie Freeman, and he, like, almost like basket caught it, but, like, facing home plate and went into the wall. It was a really right. nice play. But the Mets take two out
1: of three with their Syracuse roster That's at Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta, what is going on with them? I think they're going to figure it out, Atlanta, but they're 20 and 23. They got issues, and I'll tell you what their issues are.
0: Who's, who's their ace? Who would you say their ace is? Mike Soroka, when everybody's healthy. Soroka's had issues. Yeah. He has has the Achilles issue. Now he's got another setback. They don't know when he's coming back. Right. If he's going to come back. Yeah. Freed hasn't looked like himself.
1: Oscar Inoa We talked about him last episode. Oscar
0: Enoa punched his hand. Punched a bench. Broke his hand.
1: Like, they don't have a lot. Charlie Morton... Hasn't been doing. Morton great.
0: looked okay last night. Got into some trouble again against a really bad line. What
1: what's what about Kyle Wright? Didn't he pitch a playoff game for them?
0: No, you are talking about Ian Anderson. No.
1: Oh well. Also, yeah, we I forgot, forgot about, about Ian him. Anderson. Um, but no, Kyle Wright. He was like one of their top prospects. I, I I've heard. And I think he was. Remember that game, the Braves Cardinals game, the like last game of the... It was game five of the NLDS and they gave up 10 runs in the first inning? No. The Braves. Braves-Cardinals, 2019, when the Cardinals lost to the oh, Nationals. Oh, yes, 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 And they yes. gave up 10 runs. I yeah. think Kyle Wright started that game.
0: He is... But
1: he was like a pretty big prospect for them.
0: He's only pitched four innings this year. Oh, wow. He's, been, he's 25. He's been in the league oh, since 2018.
1: I just looked up Ian Anderson and a Scottish musician came up on Google.
0: Ian Anderson's been... I, I think he's been pretty good. He's that was your uh,
1: that was your rookie of the year pick. Yeah, right? I really, li- yeah, really like. it. he's been Ian. solid. He has his three two ERA. Yeah, but outside of like those guys, like
0: they don't. And Freed has not been and good. What about their bullpen? Their I, bullpen's been bad. Their bullpen for years has been bad. And they kind of like one of the reasons why they went on that run last year was because it was it was better.
1: Yeah, they,
0: and also they had Melanson. Will Smith was good. I think they lost somebody else. I'm blanking on a name. Shane though. Green. Shane Green was good for them last yeah. year. They just signed him again.
1: Uh, was Darren O'Day on them?
0: Darren O'Day Darren was O'Day. with them. So they've lost a lot in the bullpen, and yet, you know, they're like, yeah, we're good. Like a lot of right. teams, like, yeah, we're good, and they're not good. Right. Uh, Max Freed is 1-2 with a 5-4-6 ERA in 28 innings. Yeah, that's not going to he's been He's not been good. He's not been their guy. He was supposed to be their guy, yeah. and he's not. So, yeah, and Freddie Freeman's only batting, like, 220.
1: I was looking at his numbers. He's got the power numbers, but his... It's kind of the opposite of what he's done his whole career. He's yeah. always been, like, a high average on-base guy. He's not going to hit 40 home runs, but he'll only hit the high 20s, low 30 home runs. Like, good power, but it's the opposite. He's, like, right up there with the league leaders and home runs, but he's batting 220.
0: Ozuna has not been good. He no, kind of looks Albie's like... Albies either. Albies is batting 230. He has 20 extra base hits, though. Oh, wow. Like, I guess, how many hits He's are like a double actually? machine. Yeah.
1: And, well, we know how great Acuna has been this year. Yeah, but, but, but he's, he's been hurt.
0: slumping lately, and he's been hurt. He didn't right. have a great series except for the walk-off from running hit. Yeah. Uh, that actually just escaped my mind. Yeah. But, yeah, Albies has a 293 on base. I mean, they. I, I think the Braves will end up, like, getting out of this funk here. hmm But what is – like, they could get out of the funk, but – They need to be jumping on this opportunity right now. Yeah. Like, the Phillies are lost. They're in their own world. Yeah. Okay? They're going to do what they got to do. The
1: The Mets are, like, holding on to this lead by a thread right now. I don't know how. This is
0: supposed to be the time where the Phillies, the Braves, get on this team. Yeah. The Braves had a perfect opportunity to sweep them. Mm -hmm. And they lose two out of three. At home,
1: especially. At
0: home. And the Braves have owned them. Not facing
1: Degrom, you know. Not not facing Degrom. Not facing. Did they even face Strowman? They didn't see Strowman.
0: The Mets had two bullpen days against them, and they beat them.
1: Yeah, like you, you gotta win those games. So
0: I think the Braves, like, I think they'll be competing. But the way the division looks right now, like, I kind of feel good about the Mets. Okay. I feel I feel good about the Mets. Yeah.
1: they obviously the Nationals are fading. The Marlins don't really scare anybody. The Nationals got issues. Yeah, they do have issues. They got real issues. They might be sellers at the deadline. I think they're going to be sellers at the deadline. But we know how stubborn they were with that. The last time we said that, and they ended up winning the World Series. You remember that? <laughs> you were Talking about shares are getting traded because they were like 13 games under 500, and then they completely flipped the season around.
0: You remember when the Mets had that like three run comeback in the ninth? It was the first night yes. Stroman started. So I was at the game and I'm sitting there and I'm watching the game and I'm saying, the Nationals aren't good. Yeah. The Mets were coming back in the Wild Card they had the lead. and I'm like, we're I gonna remember overtake this. Sean Blue little
1: blew the save, right? Yes, I remember that. I was watching that game. Yes.
0: And when they won the World Series, I was watching a Mets classic.
1: Yeah.
0: And I remember me thinking, watching that game, how did they win the they, World Series? They like, were like how did they do team? it?
1: They were like, it. That's why we talked when we were talking about it you know, a couple of weeks ago. What's the hardest uh, championship to win? The World Series. Because you have a team like that, just a random team. They get hot at the end of the year and then they go right into the postseason and they're Howie Kendricks hitting the ball all over the place. Yeah. And and then next thing you know, they're World Series champions.
0: They were built the right way, though. Like They, they had, were. They had great little, starting
1: pitching, good depth. A lot of like young talent. Patrick Corbin was coming out of the bullpen. Yeah. Which, by the way, he looks like he doesn't know how to play baseball anymore. Which is one of the
0: reasons why. Like, they were always able to pitch. That year, they were yeah. pitching. They're not They're not doing what they're good at right no. now. That's why I think it's different from 2019. But, yeah, I, the Mets, with the way they're sitting here, and they got to get to back. He had a he had a rehab assignment today. In Fort uh, St. Lucie. Our, was fr- our friend right. Trevor, yeah, Trevor, was, Trevor there. was there. And he was sending me videos.
1: That's awesome. How cool is that? That's so cool.
0: You need to see the. It was the. They played the Cardinals single A team, and they yeah. were like tweeting, like this is unfair. Like it was like yeah. it was really, really funny. But yeah, he had eight strikeouts in three innings. Oh my god! He had uh, it's like facing a varsity baseball yeah. team, basically. Somebody got on with an error. He hit a hundred and two. Yeah, he's, he's facing he's,
1: guys who just got drafted in the tenth round and out of high school. It's you so know, funny. Like it's
0: that. so funny. But the most important part is like they gotta get
1: him back. Oh, 100%. They have to get him back. They need to get everyone back. They need to get DeGrom back. They need, you know, Carrasco needs to come uh, back Let's soon. talk about
0: Carrasco for a second okay. because I I thought when the Mets sold the team, we had, like, a massive, like, new regime, new way of handling injuries. No.
1: No.
0: I, I remember Carrasco was supposed to come back beginning in May. Not happened. Put him on the 60-day IL after possibly him coming back. The, it was, like, a Thursday they did it. I heard rumors he was coming back that weekend. Right. Didn't happen. Yeah. 60-day IL, can't come back until May 31st. Now, yesterday, Rojas is saying he was throwing. They don't know when he'll be able to throw off a slope.
1: It's May 20th. Yeah. What's going on? Like, what is happening here? I don't know if that's more of a Met problem because the Yankees do the same thing. I think it might be just a a baseball and athlete problem where we don't know when these guys are going to return. And I don't know.
0: This guy's posting videos and pictures with his cookie mask on, eating today. I'm yeah. like, shut up and get back!
1: Like, come on, right? Like enough's enough. It's right. just
0: so frustrating.
1: Well, because especially with the way Lindor's been playing, you're like, you want to see something come out of that trade, you know? Some yeah, it's not even that. No, though. but I'm it's not just... saying I'm not. I'm saying like now, you want to. Not that Lindor's going to suck forever, but you know, you this is another new toy you got, and you want to, you want to see him be out there. Well, Joel Sherman just wrote an article,
0: and it was talking about – I didn't read it yet, but it's basically saying what the Mets and all their injury woes right now, like they need their two guys they paid a lot of money for, James McCann and Francisco Lindor to step up.
1: Right.
0: And he's 100% correct. Lindor had a nice game the other day,
1: but again. I saw on Twitter a lot of Mets fans want Nito playing instead of McCann right now.
0: He's been much better. In his last 50 games, he has like a 150 OPS plus. I mean, he's been wow. great. He had a he had a clutch hit last night. He had a two run single. I thought
1: you were gonna say one fifty batting average. That's why no, Nito's good. Been yeah, nito great. He has been yeah been great.
0: So and, and defensively McCann's better, but it's not like it's not crazy, right? I mean, they're pretty similar. So listen, I mean Noah Syndergaard made a rehab assignment start the other day. Yeah, like how is he? I don't know. Like is Syndergaard gonna well, come back actually, before Carrasco? Yeah,
1: that's what it sounds like. If he's making rehab, re you sure? He, yeah. Was it a simulated game or was he it a, was a start?
0: He was at St. Lucy. Oh wow! Yeah, because the this team faced like they faced Lugo oh the God, night before. before then <laughs> they faced the Syndergaard, and they faced the yeah. ground tonight. Yeah, I mean, if he does, that would be that would be something right. else. And I'm actually starting to get a little excited for Syndergaard. I was watching a couple of videos before he was pitching, so I'm excited. So right. we have to get to this topic: the Tony Larusa, Yerman Mercedes incident. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you. Explain I'm gonna let you explain it. Okay. So you explain it and then we'll get
1: to our opinions. Alright, right. so this occurred Monday night, right? Yes. Okay, so Monday night the White Sox are on the road playing the twins. It's a blowout. It's like fifteen to four, top of the ninth. So the twins just roll out a position player out there. I don't remember who exactly. William was to... Oh yeah, the La Tortuga. Yeah. Williams yeah. Astedo. Um, and he's throwing 45, 50-mile-an-hour pitches on the mound. Just, you know, typical, like, lollipops, whatever. And it's a 3-0 count. And we kind of had this same incident happen last year with Fernando Tatis against the Rangers, except he was facing a real pitcher. And he hit a grand slam on a three-zero count. count. Um, and really, it played out a lot of the same way. So, Mercedes, Mercedes hit a home run on 3-0, crushed it to left-center field. And the reason why I said it kind of played out the same way with Tatis is the Padres manager, Jace Tingler, the, the worst yes, name in the world. Yes, that is a pretty bad name. Jace Tingler, instead of backing up his players, because there's a lot of backlash on Tatis, basically apologized to the Rangers, saying, "Uh, whatever, they broke the unwritten rule or whatever." But this situation to me is worse. Okay. So, LaRue did the same thing. He was not defending Mercedes. He was actually kind of throwing him under the bus because he said they gave him the take sign. He ignored the sign. Kind of going like super old school, you know, uh, jerk on you, kind of, saying um, that's not the way. He, he doesn't know what he's doing. That's not the way you play the game. Like, really throwing Mercedes under the bus. So, that's what happened. And then the next day, the Twins... Um, Tyler Duffy's in the game, throws a ball behind his, like, waist, basically. You remember Mercedes? he gets ejected, and that's basically where it ends. So, there's been a lot of debate this week, and I really wanted to get to talk about this, about unwritten rules, and the way Tony has just handled this whole situation. Listen, we criticized, just about everybody criticized it, but we criticized this signing since day one. I remember, I think we might have been hanging out when it happened, and I was like, they signed Tony LaRussa? I was like, isn't I was like No disrespect, but I was even I was like, is he still around? Like, you know, he's he's like seventy-five years old, and he's already in the Hall of Fame. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame as a manager, and now he just came back. Uh and this is on a a young team with a lot of young stars in Chicago. Kinda didn't make sense. Um He's seventy-six, by the way. Yeah. So that's what went down, and so what we need to talk about is this whole unwritten rules thing. Because I think this is just such BS. So, this is the part I don't understand. It's 3-0, and and your Mercedes is up, so you just expect him to take a 47-mile-an-hour fastball, or not, you can't even call it a fastball, 47-mile-an-hour pitch and just look at it for a strike because the whole thing is oh it's 3-0 you don't jump on a 3-0 pitch when you're winning by 11 runs so Tony LaRusso would be perfectly okay if he took the 3-0 pitch for a strike and then the 3-1 pitch he hit it 450 feet into left center field seats that's fine because he didn't swing 3-0 so let's make the game even longer by taking all of these pitches instead of just putting the ball in play because the game's already a mockery at this point. You lose all
0: respect. You lose all credibility. You already made a joke of the game. You already... When you put
1: in a when you guy... Put in a, he doesn't even play the freaking position. The, Met, the Listen,
0: when the Mets lose, they put in Luis Guillorme. At least Luis Guillorme's throwing like 60, 70 miles per yeah. hour. I don't know of any other team that... I don't like know off the top of my head right. any other team that puts a position player in. But at least it's not
1: a joke. Yeah. I think it's a joke either. If you're putting in a position player, first of all, you're already surrendering the fact that this game's a joke. Yes. Um, so, in terms of the disrespectful part and breaking the unwritten rules, isn't it a little disrespectful to the game of baseball if you're putting a position player in? A guy that, you know, it looks like... First he of all, looked he looks like, like he's making a joke yeah, of the game. Exactly, That's what it looked like. Exactly. He looks like he's throwing to a, a 12-year-old at the plate, and he's just screwing around with his friends, uh, you know... At a baseball field, not a major league baseball player. So, like I said, they would rather Tony LaRusso would rather him take the 3-0 pitch and then destroy the three one pitch. That's fine. But in terms of swing three O and hitting for a home run, no, that's not allowed. That just I that just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't.
0: And LaRusso, listen, we know he's an old school guy. He's seventy six years old. Like I can't I didn't even know that that he was already inducted into the Hall of Fame yeah. as a manager. Yeah. But He's just lost his touch with this game. Like, yeah, I don't understand. And I think the thing with Tatis last season that was also ridiculous. was such BS because that was early in the game. Yeah, I don't remember everything. It, was, it was like a
1: seven run lead. It yeah. wasn't even like a complete
0: blowout. It wasn't. It, was a, it wasn't the ninth inning. Yeah, I think it was maybe know.
1: the top of the eighth. So the Rangers still had was two earlier. more chances at the plate. No, I don't think. I think it was. I think it was about that. Maybe it was the seventh. Whatever. Um, but like I said, it makes absolutely no sense and the way la Rousse, the the thing i couldn't stand about the tatis thing was the way his manager just completely threw him under the bus and that's also what i have such a big problem with now he threw mercedes under the bus said oh he doesn't know what he's doing that's why i'm the manager he's the player he doesn't uh i gave him the take sign he didn't listen la to Russo
0: it can be upset about that
1: yeah. You, La- you can be upset about taking... Yes, ignoring the take sign. But that should have been it. Yes. He should have walked into
0: that press conference and said, he ignored a take sign. We're going to deal with this matter internally, within the family. I got second. my guys back,
1: no matter what, blah, blah, blah. Whatever you want to say. That's it. Now, That's how you I understand agree. him and Mercedes have already had... Mer- Mercedes already has supposedly built up a reputation where he's been late to the ballpark before and Larusa sat him because he didn't show up on time. Like... So he's had issues before, what he but was. this this is just ridiculous. And the worst part is the next day, them throwing at Mercedes and Tony La Russa basically said, "Yeah, I'm okay with it." He said, "I mean, he didn't throw at his head or anything." And then he was just trying to BS and say, like, "I mean, I don't know if it was intentional, but like, so casual and like, I don't care. Throw it, throw at my player, the he guy who I'm trying said, to help. You know, we're trying to win World Series. One of my best players. Yeah, just throw at him. It's fine." I he really
0: literally think. said. I didn't mind the way they handled. Yeah, it. how do you, how do you say that, and how are the
1: people running this team okay with it? I think I think he's having like a power struggle, where he's still trying to show that I'm Tony Larusa. I'm you know this is the way I called it. He ignored it, so screw him because I'm a Hall of Famer. I know exactly what I'm doing, and if you think the other way, then you're wrong. I I remember
0: saying right after the Eagles benched, you know. And sat a lot of guys And lo- basically lost that game on purpose to the Redskins Yeah I remember saying he's going to lose that locker room And he's going to get fired
1: Yeah I don't
0: I mean, s- I don't think they're going to make a change in season But I don't see how this guy survives I do not see how this guy I survives s- after
1: I that. disagree I think he's going to be around because really? Who hired him? Jerry Reinsdorf 87 year old Jerry Reinsdorf Who owns the whole Chicago White Sox Yeah and he brought in Tony La Russa because he's a Hall of Famer, experienced guy, all of that. So, he's the one who ultimately makes all the decisions. But he wasn't their first choice, if
0: I remember correctly. I want to say it was Hinch. But I don't know off the top of my head who their first choice was. Okay. But it was not La Because I remember they pivoted to La Russa.
1: Listen, I don't know. I'm not saying to be here for years. We'll see what happens. If the White Sox won the World Series this year, then, you know, this story's... We don't even remember, it. but we just gotta call it how we see it right now. It made no sense. I remember the, I the saw, age difference and just everything. Do just you
0: did sense. you see what Lucas G. said? Yes. He was. Ba- what did he He's say? He's backing
1: him up. He He's was saying everything's fine, blah blah blah. But then Lance Lynn said something, which was back uh, backlash at La Russa. and then he said another stupid him being an egomaniac. Oh um. That's why he has a locker and I have an yes, office. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. He's just, like, how do they hire he's an this guy? That's, that's, you know. He had I mean, a
0: couple of DUI issues that yeah. were in the, he had one a while ago, then he had another one right before the season started, yeah. right after he got
1: hired. Shouldn't even be driving. Yeah. Should be taking in
0: the freaking scooter to the ballpark. Oh, this is a, you know, non-sports topic. I believe that if, after the age of 60, you 65. should 65. No, 60. You should retake your driver's test.
1: But even if... Okay, whatever age you want to say it, I think they should also modify driver's tests. Because everyone can do a freaking parallel park in the middle of a empty street. Yeah. Like, just because you can parallel park so and you look do? over your shoulder on a blinker doesn't mean you can drive. There shouldn't be, like... There shouldn't be, like, a specific, like,
0: test where, like, okay, you get checked off right for, like, a parallel park, merge.
1: They should take you onto a freaking parkway and see if you're dangerous yeah. or not. Yeah, yeah. That like that should be the. Or, test. or what about all this technology we have right now? You telling me you can't put a VR headset on someone and tell and go on a driving simulator for ten minutes and see how they do? There are so many people that would just
0: lose their license, and it would be the greatest thing for this planet. Oh, it would, it would be less the greatest traffic, thing.
1: less idiots in general, less accidents. Yeah, I mean, less I... guys in the in their straight pipe Honda Civics that you know can't merge onto a highway.
0: And then and then go eighty miles an hour, weaving
1: through yeah. the Southern State Yeah, Artway. racing on the Southern State when they're going nowhere. Yeah, I, I, it's just. Did you see?
0: Actually, I can't. I, I can't get into it. We'll get into it after. But um, anyway, this is the Hardline Sports Talk, Episode Nine, and we are going to do introduce a new segment here, called Which You Would Rather. So we were going to do over unders, but we decided. Would you which you would rather is better, so our first so we're gonna present the topic, we've come up with them and then we are gonna have our own opinions on them. So the first one is which you would rather, egotistical old school type manager or a puppet front office type manager, kind of like a Luis Rojas or
1: maybe even an Aaron Boone. Um, I would rather have the puppet because. What we literally just talked about with Tony LaRussa. you're already listen, like a Buck Showalter. Okay, he's he fits into that. I don't know if he's so egotistical as much as like LaRussa is, and even like Girardi, but Girardi's not that bad. Um, but no, I think I'd rather have that puppet because you can trust people in your front office. They can be making decisions, and it could be just they could just as well make the decisions that the manager can. Um, I mean, listen, it's not going to... They're not a literal puppet where they're going to do nothing. Uh, they're going to have say in things, but I think I'd, it's its like less problems. Just get a guy that can handle the locker room and roll it to the players. Keep them in line, but not a guy who runs it like a freaking military camp and throws his players under the bus the way Tony La Russa just did. I'd rather have the puppet.
0: I'm going back and forth here but I've always said and when the Mets hired Beltron and pivoted to Rojas I had said I'd rather a Buckshaw Walter I'd rather a Joe Girardi and I understand they don't fit this category but I'm going I'm going old school manager here really it's just these guys like they have been around for so long and there's like a human element to this where if people are making decisions in the front office, like you're not on the field, you don't understand what like what's really going yeah, on, but on. I the think field. that
1: I think that plays against them because, like we said, they're like the way their egos go crazy. I think they try and outsmart everybody else. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but I'd rather take. I'm gonna take a guy like, and I'm even I'm even gonna use Lurusa. I'm gonna use Lurus I'm gonna use Buck. I'm gonna use Joe Girardi, Bruce Bochy, like all those guys. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna trust them over a computer upstairs no
1: okay like that's
0: what i'm that's where i'm going with that
1: but that's not necessarily the way it has to be it doesn't have to be all everything coming from the analytical department you could just have people that know baseball in your front office that look at the data and also know the game and can make decisions just like a manager can but not maybe not to the same extent but at least, like I said, you don't have a guy running like a military camp, and he doesn't. The players can't stand him and don't want to play for him. I'd rather have the pump.
0: I'm taking the old school manager. The next one. So th- I've I see this all over social media all the time. Yes, yeah. this, this question right here. So what you would rather? Multiple MVPs and no championships, or multiple championships and
1: no MVPs? Right. So this is if we were the players. So this is tough this one's easy I don't know this is tough because we all know the purpose of sports is winning and I would want to have a championship right it's a great feel, feeling guys always say it. you'll never forget it whatever but I don't want to be a nobody I don't want to be like James Jones who rode on LeBron's back for how you know his whole career and has like three rings because of it so I think I was I'm gonna go with the multiple MVPs and no championships, um, because like like Mike Mike Trout so far it doesn't look like he's winning a championship anytime soon. But he, we're still gonna talk about him as one of the greatest players we've ever seen and everything. Griffey never won a World Series, um, and we talk about him like that. So I think I'd rather go with him, and especially in terms of my finances too. Yeah. Endorsements, my contracts with teams. You know, if I'm winning, if I'm multiple MVPs, I'm the best player in the league. I have a big contract. You can't sell those rings for that much. No. Yeah, I'm.
0: I'm with you. This one's easy. I'm all about myself here. Yeah, you usually are. Yeah, give me the money. Give me the plaques. Yeah. Give me the Hall of Fame. Right, like Barry Sanders. Yeah, exactly. Barry
1: Sanders was a fantastic player. He's not one of the all-time greats. I don't even know if he played in a playoff game. They were so freaking bad. The lines. Maybe a couple
0: that far in lion sister yeah but there are a couple of guys that would like like dan marino would kill for yeah one. oh of course i think dan marino i don't know
1: how many but MVPs if you told dan marino you you're gonna be a league average quarterback but you could have a ring right now i'm he might have been like oh, i don't know about that because i wouldn't because dan marino i wouldn't make be making tv appearances and have the house i have right now and you know
0: he's also known for like being the best quarterback that never won a yeah Super Bowl, other, kind than, of his other than daniel jones Oh, really? Yeah. All yeah, right. That, so, that's it. <laughs> all right. So we're both going multiple MVPs and no championships over multiple championships and no MVPs. The next one and last one. Would you rather throw a no-hitter or score 60 points in an NBA game?
1: I would rather throw a no-hitter. Because uh, I think, I feel like 60 points kind of gets lost in history. Like, we all know the Wilt game, the 100 points, we know Kobe's 81, we even know, like, the Devin Booker, us Knicks fans, we know Melo's 62-point game, but I think I'd rather throw the no-hitter, I mean, I know the no-hitters, I think they're more rare, I mean, I think they're less rare than the 60-point games, but baseball's just different, like, a no-hitter has that old-school feel to it, that, like, pastime. you throw a no-hitter, you're in the history books forever, um... I don't know, I feel like 60 points in basketball, it just gets, like, washed away. Like, it's not like it's meaningless, but I feel like a no-hitter is more meaningful, especially the celebration after the the game, and you just, you get remembered for it more. Yeah, I,
0: I'm with you here with the no-hitter. I mean, I'm looking at a bunch of guys that put up 60-point games. Like, it's just...
1: Yeah. It's a you forget point. about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. A it's it's extremely difficult to score 60 points, but... We're not taking it that right. away from anybody. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, no-hitter. How many a have no there been? Like 300?
1: Yeah. A no-hitter, you can de- define a guy's career. There could be a guy who had a 60-point game. I don't know. Was Mo Williams on that list? I know he had, like, a 50-point game. I don't know if he ever had 60. but He had one, like, random game where he went off. But I feel like in the NBA, you could have a guy who just randomly goes off and has a 60-point game, and they won't... Years down the road, I don't know if you'll say, hey, remember so-and-so? Oh, yeah, that's the guy with the 60-point game. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you talk about Joel Musgrove to a Padres fan or even just a baseball fan. Oh, that's the guy who pitched the first Padres no-hitter or, you yeah. know, something like that. I, I mean, that it, literally
0: uh, defined Johan Santana's career with the yeah. Mets.
1: It's like the Mets. We were talking about the, you know, before Santana threw the no-hitter. They haven't had a no-hitter yet. Like, that was, you know, it wasn't being talked about every day, but that's that was an important thing that people were talking about. I don't think people were saying, oh, the I'm just going to pick a random team. I don't know if they had. Like, the Timberwolves have never had a 60-point game. Yeah, I don't think you really see people talking about that. It, it just it means more.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, I can't believe the Yankees haven't had a no hitter in 22 years. I know, Th- like that, and is they had shocking. a bunch.
1: And did you? Know, that was the first Yankee no hitter on the road since 19 like 23. Wow. But they had a bunch after that, and they were all at home. That is, yeah, yeah, that was shocking.
0: Okay, we're gonna take a quick break here. We're gonna come back. A little Knicks, a little Nets. And the Islanders lose a tough Game 3 to the Penguins. We will be right back.
1: The SD Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcasts at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now.
0: And we are back. The Hardline Sports Talk, Episode 9. Good to be here with you tonight.
1: Thanks, man. It's always good to be with, be with
0: you. Mets are off today, which is good because, you know, no heart attack. No tonight. one,
1: yeah, no one can get hurt today. Nobody uh, can get hurt today. You never know. Yeah. Slip off the plane stairs <sighs> or. Uh, listen, I don't want to poke too much fun because karma, karma can strike.
0: Yep, it can. And a, a lot of people. I mean, it's all around the league this year. It's yeah. been bad. But anyway, let's get to the NBA. The play-in games are going to wrap up tomorrow. So let's just recap it for you. So the Pacers and the Hornets, that was the 10-9 in the Eastern Conference. The Pacers beat the Hornets 144-117. They eliminate the Hornets, the 10 seed. And the Wizards was and Celtics was the 7-8. The Celtics won. They advance to play. Well, they enter the playoffs, yeah. and they will play the Nets, the 2 seed. So then tonight... The Pacers lost to the Wizards 142-115. Wizards are the 8 seed and they will play the 76ers. Nice consolation prize.
1: What is with some of these scores? Give them right, 140 a little, points? A lot of Holy high scoring
0: here. But the Western Conference was not that. In the Western Conference, the first two playing games, the Spurs and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, the 9 seed beat the Spurs 100 to 96. They will play the Warriors, who lost to the Lakers 103-100 in a really good game. LeBron hit a tough three. And they will play the Suns. Lakers are heavy favorites.
1: I was just about to say that.
0: Minus 300 to win the That's series. crazy. It's like the first time in 30 years that a 7 seed is favored to beat a 2 seed in the first round. So the Grizzlies and the Warriors are going to play tomorrow night, Friday... Golden State opens as four point favorites. The game will be played in Golden State.
1: According to you, that's like the easiest bet of all time.
0: Uh, it really does seem like an easy bet with Steph Curry out there. They kept it close against the late. Sh- I mean, he's
1: always out there. The, the team's just not great.
0: Wiggins is pretty nice. Yeah. Nice little. Con- you know, let's get into that, actually, because having this conversation about the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Listen, they get Clayback, love Draymond. They'll oh, have Weissman yeah. back. I, listen they, to this. They
1: won't just disappear.
0: Me and our friend Dennis, we were ex- we were going over this today. What if I, what if, what, oh, what, what if the Warriors package Weissman and a pick for Cat? Carl Anthony Towns. So now your starting lineup will be Steph Clay, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond so Green, be Carl Anthony Towns. Like a
1: synergy of the Warriors and the like 2018 Timberwolves. Yeah. And they had D but they traded him. And the Two Warriors
0: the- have a top five pick. Yeah. This year. Like and then know? their pick. Yeah, because they have the T Wolves pick.
1: It was a first round pick this oh year. Oh my god, the Timberwolves like roster management is just so bad. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate it. Towns is you know top five center. Yeah. Uh I think they should I don't trade Wispen. Fit though into the
0: team. I think they should trade Weissman and try and like get another superstar. Like one I think more they, run with these. You guys. know what I
1: think he, I think you should trade Draymond. I think his his day. Watch. I don't know what they would get for him, but I think he's better off. I think You're his, not his better days off. are behind him.
0: Yeah, what are you going to get for him? Keep him as a defensive presence. Yeah, I, even if I guess I take that back
1: because, you know, what are they going to get for him? But if there was a way you could get something for him, I'd get rid of him. Um, I don't hate it, but like I said, I don't think the Warriors are going away anytime soon. You know, Clay's coming back. Yeah, but Steph's
0: 33. Yeah, I, I think Steph will be able to do this for a while. Yeah. So, that is the play-in games. The Knicks are going to take on the Atlanta Hawks Sunday, 7 o'clock, at the Garden 15,000 people, and it's sold out. You can get tickets on the secondary market, but according to what's the next... 15,000? 15, 15,000 people.
1: That's what's a, what's the capacity at MSG, like 20-something? I don't know. It's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. That's what over
0: they, 50%. What they did was 20, 000, they sold...
1: T- sorry, 20,789 is the capacity. Good. So what they did
0: was they sold 90% of the tickets to fully vaccinated people. So... they And what they, they have,
1: like, their... They, they're, like, sectioning it where yeah. if you have a vaccine, you know, it's not social distancing and all that stuff.
0: Right. So there's going to be a lot of people packed into those stadiums. If you get tickets on the secondary market right now and they're not as expensive as they were from, like, you know, the Knicks standpoint, you can get them for a couple hundred bucks if you want to go. All right. But but the Nets are
1: struggling selling tickets. The
0: Nets are struggling to sell tickets. And they're price gouging everybody. Yeah.
1: And, I mean. And they're not playing, you know, the Wizards. They're playing the Celtics. That's a household team. I think part of it's, though... People are waiting. Yeah. I think people
0: are waiting to get to the next round. But it's exciting.
1: But still, I would think, you know, if the Nets had this strong fan base, they haven't been this good. They, in they don't have Their a team's fan history. I, I mean, know. this
0: shouldn't be surprising that the Knicks are, sell, are selling no. out and the Nets are not.
1: No. I think we sh- could... Walk back what we said a couple weeks ago with what the split would be in next nets. I think judging off of this, it might be even worse than like a 60 40.
0: You think so?
1: I mean, I don't think it would go high as like 80 20, but maybe 65. 65 35, maybe even 70 30. Like, in both, it would be majority next fan. Yeah, it would be majority. What Knicks would it be fans. in MSG like 80 oh my God,
0: 20?
1: No, probably 85 15, 90, wow. 90 90s, you know, something like that. Because then you got the season ticket holders. And all the Knicks fans would buy them in two seconds like they did already. I really I know it's tough. It's they're going to have to go to the conference finals but I really want to see them play the Nets. Oh my god. It would I have
0: to be in the conference finals.
1: I really They'd have to, to get
0: past the Hawks and then and then the Bucs 76ers. The,
1: oh yeah. The 76ers right. The Bucks would play the Nets. Yeah. That would be a tough series. Maybe so. uh, maybe the Wizards pull upset. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Good luck
0: beating the Wizards. No. Yeah, you know. So let, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I mean, the Atlanta Hawks, yeah. very good team. The Knicks had beaten them a couple of times. Yeah. Once uh, Trey Young had rolled his ankle, but, you know, still, you beat them. Right. I'm excited for this series. I think it's going to go like six seven games.
1: I think – I'm going to say my prediction is going to be Knicks and six. Okay. That's what I'm going to say. I'm, I'm going to say, say Knicks and seven. I'm going to say they – there are two losses. How does the NBA do it? Is it 2-2-2-1, two, 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 or is it 2-3-2 two, two for the home road
0: split? Uh, It's the first one, 2-2. Two, 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 one yeah. or
1: two, Oh, actually, I think it's 2-2-1-1-1, two, two, one, 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 right? Yes. That, okay. They, they so get, the Knicks' first two games are home, then they're on the road for two games, then they're home for one, on the road, and then back home. Yeah, I think I the so. conference
0: finals and the finals are 2-3-2-whatever. Two, two, it's confusing. It's yeah, really, it is. It's they so might confusing. switch it up. It's different in every sport. That's yeah.
1: why. Because in baseball, it's 2-3-2. Two, two. That's how they do it. Yes. Um, yeah, that ends up. But, yeah, I, I think they'll... It's going to be so tough to beat the Knicks at home. It really is. That's a tough Especially if tough. you got 15,000 people that in that 15, stadium. 15,000 people, the, that defense, it's, it's going to be tough to score on the Knicks at home. It really is.
0: The Nets, we just brought them up. They will open up. Seven, uh, uh, I need to check the time on that, actually. But they will open up against the Boston Celtics in Brooklyn. And like we said, they can't sell tickets. They're pricing everybody out of the arena. Yeah. I mean, the tickets are absolutely insane. Even on the secondary market, you want to sit all the way upstairs. You're paying 400 or
1: $500. Oh, my God. Like, the... like how do you For let... the Nets-Celtics round For one? the
0: Nets-Celtics round one, like, you know you're not a popular team here. Like... If you weren't even a Knicks fan, you could go to the Knicks game for a reasonable price just to be in the building. Yeah. You can't if you're a, no. you're a regular casual basketball yeah. fan. Like you can't go see that game. They're they're killing them.
1: That's ridiculous. If it was the finals or the conference, you know, if it was Nets Sixers, okay. Yeah. Nets Celtics? I mean, Celtics like I, I did say they are a household name, which was why I would think they would sell out. But, but still, the they've prices, been terrible. With the pride? Yeah, they've been terrible. The Celtics been terrible. I don't I think
0: people from Boston are no. coming down to Brooklyn no. to go see, you know,
1: the first round. No. They're going to lose in four or five games. We'll see. And we'll see if the Nets stay healthy. That's the big question. Listen, if the Nets... If they're all healthy, it's really hard to see them losing. Right? It's really hard to see that all that talent not winning the championship.
0: They're, I don't think they're going to lose. Yeah. I think they're going to stay healthy. And... We, again, we don't talk about like their depth enough because they have a lot of it. It's not just right the big three. Joe Harris is a great player. Yeah, Jeff Green off the bench, great player. Bruce Brown off the bench. I'm missing a few guys. They have, the only thing, and I've said this, I forget if I said it here on my radio show, they don't have a presence of a big man inside None. at all. They don't. they don't. So that's why when they play... Joel Embiid in the 76ers they're going to have issues like they're going to have to their guards are going to have to play very well because Embiid's going to go for 30 or 40 each yeah, right? Definitely. and even with Giannis like there's nobody to really defend Giannis and you saw we saw that KD in the,
1: can't guard Giannis
0: we saw that in the last couple of games they played of the regular season they could not stop that's
1: Giannis. why they're they're just going to have to shoot everybody out of the building and they can they can score 140 a night they're that they're that talented you could have KD scoring forty every night. Yeah, easily.
0: So I think, yeah. So I think the, I don't think they're gonna like walk through it like I originally thought because I think the 76ers, That's gonna be a great yeah, series. Even the Bucks can give them a hard the time. The Bucks are gonna go. I think like six games. Yeah. Because again, you can't you can't guard the big guy. So no. it's just like I don't see anybody beating them because of what they have with the two guards. Like no. if they play if they play Philadelphia. I think ben Simmons, ben Simmons is probably the Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. He can contain Durant. Yeah. Not saying he's going to stop him, but he will not let Durant kill you. Right. But who is stopping Harden or Kyrie? I don't know. I don't know who, I, like, I, I, legitimately can't yeah. tell you. Um, Danny Green? Yeah,
1: really. What's Danny Green going to
0: do? So, that's why I think they're going to win, again, that series in, like, six or seven Right. Games, so. I
1: think the only thing that's going to hold them back is injuries if they happen which you can say with any team but they are a little more prone to them because KD's been banged up Harden's been banged up Kyrie's uh, out of his mind um and coaching you know you can't coaching still an aspect of the game I know they got all the talent in the world but coaching you know when to call timeouts what plays to draw up it, it still matters and Steve Nash is an inexperienced coach, his first year being a coach. First time, I think, I mean, like, what else? did He, he wasn't, like, an assisting coach no. anywhere. Like, nothing. Like, I, I'm sure he coached his son's AAU games or something, but that's it. You know, he's not an experienced guy at all. So, add that on to not having any playoff experience, and it's going to be really tight. He's going to have to prove something, and I don't think he will. I don't think he's going to be able to come up in big spots and make these – big decisions to win you a game.
0: Yeah, I just don't think, like, I don't think it's going to be enough to kill them. You know, like, I don't right. think his decisions are going to be the reasons I do th- why they're going to lose. I do think
1: when you get to that Sixer series, though, it could cost you a game. Close, yeah. You know, if, if it's in a intense situation, it could cost you a game with Doc Rivers versus Steve Nash. We know where the advantage coaching-wise yeah. is there. Doc Rivers might see something that Steve Nash doesn't. He is going to see something. Yeah. Steve Nash does not. I mean, I mean listen. he got Steve on Nash the bench. Nash, he's no idiot. But, you know, you're talking about 20 plus years of coaching experience and titles at a Doc Rivers. And a guy who's never coached
0: before Steve Nash. huge what you boy Kyrie said. Oh, God. What well, now? He had said, somebody had asked him about the chemistry and not, you know, playing together eight games. And he was like, the only people that care about that
1: is you guys talking to yeah. the media.
0: He's so nasty.
1: I know. That's what I was going to say. When I was talking about him in the, the latest episode, what I meant, what I didn't get across was about the whole politics thing. Listen, you can talk about politics all you want if you're an athlete. Go on Twitter. That's your personal page. You can do whatever you want, just like I can go on Twitter and write whatever I want. Express your views, whatever. But don't do it in a press conference when you're at a, you know, a... A post game interview or a press conference, I don't think that's the right place to do it. Um, and like you said, the way he talks to the media, it, he just gives off that like I'm smarter than you thing. Did you did you see what he? I I said this to you before. Um, he said James Harden came to Brooklyn to like he saw the 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 way they were building up the community and he wanted to be a part. No, he freaking didn't. And he said, oh, this is, uh, you guys will never... Another thing about why he acts like he's smarter than everyone else. Uh, you guys will never understand, maybe 20 years down the road, what me and KD, what we envisioned here and what we were building. We know what you were building. You are building a freaking super team. Don't act like it's like this whole crazy formula and you guys... Oh, you were gonna... Sure, make Brooklyn into, you know, this great community. That's great, which is cap. They're not gonna be able to do that just because they're good at basketball. Um... Please stop with this whole thing that James Harden wanted to come here because he liked what they were building in Brooklyn. Like, what? If you remember... He came here because he wanted to win a
0: ring. If you remember in the beginning of the year, he had um had said he's not going to talk to the media. This was before he went on like that 10-game hiatus or whatever where nobody could find him. Right. Um, he had said he's not speaking to the media. He got fined thousands of dollars for not doing it because you have to as a yeah. player and a coach. And... Ended up coming back because he lost too much money. Right. And here he is now. He's nasty with the media. Yeah. Like literally talks down to the And these he's people.
1: he's like cringy. He's annoying and he's cringy.
0: Yeah, I just I, I dislike him. Yeah. Your brother's walking in.
1: Okay, that's good. Um yeah. I don't know why he's here. Yeah. Um Okay, we were talking about Kyrie. Uh, yeah, no, he's... <laughs> like, the way LeBron does it, so LeBron's more... Like... He gets criticized a lot, LeBron, but he knows how to... He does it the right way, right? He, he'll he complain on... Well, not complain. I don't want to say complain. He'll express his views and on whatever topic on Twitter and stuff like that. But he's never... And he, he's a very mat- he's very mature and he handles things the right way. And he knows how to do it. He doesn't say, "Oh, my mind's on this right now," or "I can't." What he takes games off and stuff like that. He leads by example. He puts his uh, words into action, stuff like that. Kyrie, everything just comes off cringy, and I, I don't know the guy. I feel like he has some sort of issues. He thinks the Earth is flat. He, like I said, he told KD he was him in a past life. Like, it's kind of scary stuff what he's talking about. And
0: LeBron's a drama queen. But, like, obviously we know he's very, like, well-educated. Yeah, he's
1: well-spoken. He, Kyrie is just in his
0: own world. Kyrie like, is. He just does whatever he wants. Exactly. And says whatever he wants. And somebody's got to talk to him. Yeah, I
1: know.
0: The Islanders lost a tough game three at the Coliseum tonight. Yes. Lost 5-4. It was a very exciting game. I was watching a little bit of it. Uh, it was chippy. Matt Martin, the son-in-law of Boomer Esiason. Hmm. Big dude. Nice I would not want fact. to mess with them. I would not want to mess with him. He, right. he had like shoved Crosby to the ground or something. Like two guys came up to him, they just skated away. Like they went up to him, Matt Martin was like, "What's mm. up?" and then he just <laughs> went away. So tough. Game three loss. They're down two one. They lost two one on Tuesday night yeah. to the Penguins in Pittsburgh.
1: They um, let up two early goals. Yeah, and he played just, well, up. He gave up like a cheap goal. Yes. And then he kinda locked in for the rest of the game. But the offense gonna do anything. That's rough to not win the, tonight tonight's a stinger for sure. But even, that, a close but even, game, game, even that
0: game, even game is tough because you didn't play you didn't play terribly, you yeah, just couldn't get anything. But what going makes on it tough
1: team. is you didn't you lose a close game like that tonight and it's at home. Yeah. And you had that momentum of coming in, okay, we tied it you know, we t- split it the first two games that's on all the you road. Can ask for. Now you put the pressure on. You gotta capitalize. Is it? They have two more home games. They have two more home games. I don't think it's back to back. It's not back to back. No. Okay. I'll look. Um. But but then you gotta you gotta win the next game because you can't go into Pittsburgh down three one. Well, now yeah. Now you're now the pressure's on you. Game
0: three is okay. It's important, but you would like obviously game three. They usually
1: say is in any sport is like that swing game. Like Game three is a big momentum game because somebody's going to be up 2-1 or somebody's going to be up 3-0. Like that's that's a, the, the biggest game in the series besides a game seven if it went to that.
0: Yeah, so that's a tough one. Uh, oh, they do do it. They have three home games? So they have three straight row? home games yeah. here. And then game seven okay, so in
1: is... In, Wait, what? Game six and seven are in Pittsburgh. Hold on.
0: No, then I'm wrong. It's... I don't know why this calendar is like this on ESPN. Yeah, so game six is in Pittsburgh, New York. York. So they they do so they're playing games
1: three and four in New York, game five in Pittsburgh, game six in New York, game seven in Pittsburgh. Okay, so they do it the way the NBA does it. Okay, the schedule. So the the so the MLB is the only one that does it that way. Two, three, two.
0: That's the NLCS and the World Series. Well, the DS is only five games. Yeah,
1: but the DS is two, two, one. I wonder what. I wonder what the NBA does. I I, I I always forget. They do. They do it like the way I said it. They do two like the same way the NHL does it. Okay. Two two one one one. Which way do you like better? I think I, I like, like I like uh, I like two three two better. I think. I don't really. No, I don't know. It's just too much. I think it's too much for the two two one 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 because that's a lot of traveling. It's a lot of traveling, but. That game six in
0: the Coliseum yeah. is huge. But I'm not in, just saying for the series; I'm just saying, like, you know it evens why, it out a little bit more.
1: You know why the MLB is the only one that does it, though is because they don't need to have those rest days in between. They can play three games in a row or two games in a row. Right. The NBA and the NHL they don't do that. They don't play back to backs. Yeah, well, the N- the NBA should play back to backs Which is yeah, that's just the nature of the sport. You don't play. The NHL shouldn't. No, of course not. A contact sport. The N- the NHL should. It's crazy the way that these guys can play that many games in that short. You know the the wear and tear on the body.
0: It really, yeah. We we touched on it last episode. Like it's yeah the toughest sport, yeah. the toughest sport.
1: So what's this? Uh, what's this fight coming up? July twenty fourth. Big you're talking about? big fight, big heavyweight boxing match in
0: July. July twenty fourth. So Deontay Wilder. Heavyweight. Yes. And Tyson Fury, heavyweight champion.
1: Tyson Fury looks like a, a dad. He's got like a dad bod. He's so good. But he's freaking huge. He's like 6'7, six, 6'8, six, whatever he is.
0: So Fury and Wilder fought. They fought. Their first fight was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. And it was a phenomenal fight. I mean, phenomenal. Fury was winning the whole time. Wilder was the champ. He was the favorite. And, and he was dominating the whole fight. And Wilder has a massive knockout punch. Like, it's insane. Right. And he knocked Fury out. Like, he was out cold. Yeah. But he, the it was the 12th round. He didn't stop it. With seven seconds, he wakes up. His eyes open. He stands right up. He goes. He finishes the fight. They called it a draw because it was a, um, because of that knockout. Like, that knockout saved Wilder. Wow. Wow. And then the next fight, Fury dominated him. The whole out. I
1: watched that fight. Right, I didn't see the first one.
0: So, so they,
1: Fury's the got to be the favorite. Fury's to be the
0: favorite. He owns every heavyweight belt right now. I think right. around the world to be to be, wow. to be completely honest with you. But Wilder had contested the first fight, so they finally got like all like I guess the legal things set right, and the courts like demanded they fight. They have to fight before September or something, yeah, or before the year end. So they're doing it the twenty fourth. But Fury was scheduled to fight another big heavyweight guy, Anthony Joshua, in Saudi Arabia. Like, wow, what? Supposed to fight oh, that. Du- but in Dubai, I, I is that where Dubai is? No, Dubai's
1: is in. Uh, I always get confused. It. It's either in the Arab Emirates or Saudi Arabia. I want us to know. I think it's in the United Ara- Arab Emirates.
0: No, I, I don't know. I don't know where that is, but I know they're supposed to fight in. Yes, it is.
1: It's in the United Arab Emirates. Saudi Arabia is not Dubai. Great.
0: Thank you for the uh, geography. No problem. Here. So they were supposed to Study fight up. August 14th, Fury and Joshua. So I don't know what's happening now, but yeah, so that fight's going to be incredible. I can't wait. I really yeah. can't. It's verbally agreed on. Everything's set. July twenty fourth in Vegas. You want to go?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You you got to uh, you got tickets? Well, I'll get the tickets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, si- I'll sign will the Venmo request. Play some blackjack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna do it for us here though on the Hardline Sports Talk episode nine completed. Happy to do this twice a week. This yep. is gonna be good, and
1: we will talk to you guys next week. Anything to say? Um, we got any big sport, uh, big sports weekend coming up? What's coming up next? First playoff game. Nick's first playoff game huge. Yep. Nets first playoff game. Yep. NASCAR going to the circuit of the Americas for the first uh, time. Texas Grand Prix, look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we'll see you guys on Monday.